Hello and welcome to Scran, the podcast passionate about the Scottish food and drink scene. I'm your host, Rosalind Erskine, and I'm delighted to be back with the second of our bumper Christmas episodes for 2022. We've got everything from cocktail making to veggie prep and gift ideas, as well as learning about some Ukrainian Christmas traditions. First up on this episode, I went along to the Hawksmoor in Edinburgh a couple of weeks back when they were launching their new cocktail menu. I took the opportunity to ask Kyle Hamilton, the assistant bar manager, about some tips for Christmassy cocktails. Rum tends to work perfectly. Add a bit of banana liqueur in there, so you got like a rum and banana. It almost tastes like a milkshake. And then, you know, you can be a little aggressive with it and go like a dash of absinthe or maybe even a scrape of nutmeg over the top and get those really, those wintry flavours across. I'm sure you'll agree, nothing says Christmas quite like a great cheese board. When visiting South Lanarkshire recently, producer Kelly spoke to Selena Cairns of Eddington about what to add to your cheese board this festive season. Chutney's always good, and then you could have port or whiskey go well, and even gin goes, goes well. Some local gin's quite nice, just to do things a wee bit differently. On Tuesday the 19th of December, I went along to Wellington Church in Glasgow where a special concert was being held by the Association of Ukrainians in Great Britain, Glasgow branch, to mark St Nicholas Day, a special day in the Ukrainian calendar which sees boys and girls delivered gifts by St Nicholas. I spoke to Katerina Campbell who was involved in the organisation of the event as well as a lot of other support initiatives to help Ukrainians settling in Glasgow since the war began there earlier this year. I also spoke to Andre, who is currently living with his family on a ship that's docked on the River Clyde. He told me all about the meals and traditions they share across the festive season. Andre was also very involved in the production of the Vertep that was performed at the event. The Vertep is a traditional Ukrainian play that describes the events of Christmas. If you're like me, then every year you wonder, could I do something different with my Christmas veggies? Well, I asked a man in the know, Tom Booth from East Nuke Market Garden, for his tips on how best to cook your veggies this Christmas. I like to usually cook, like roast as much as I can, like even the sprouts and stuff. Like if they get them in all of like the fats and stuff that you're cooking, whatever you're having as Christmas lunch. Where would any festive gathering be without some libations to suit the mood? I asked Peter Crawford of Sip Champagne to give us his recommendations for what pairs well with traditional Christmas dinner and festivities. Finally, I caught up with Rachel Rowley of Ballantagger and the Grand Tilly Hotel in Perthshire. We talked about this foodie destination, the cook school she runs and the latest additions to the business shop which supplies some sumptuous sounding Christmas hampers. I'm now joined by Kyle Hamilton, the Assistant Bar Manager at Hawksmoor in Edinburgh. Hi Kyle, how are you? I'm not too shabby at all, thank you very much, how are you? Good, thank you. So, for anyone visiting Edinburgh over the festive period, what can they expect from your new cocktail menu? Aside from the weird and wonderful, I would probably say the easiest way to describe it is nostalgia with elegance. We're looking for those flavours that throw people back to something they've maybe tried before but they couldn't quite remember. And maybe, you know, hopefully when they taste it, it really perks up and brings back some memories. And that's kind of what we're looking at with one of our main categories called the second golden age of cocktails. We're looking at like reiterations on like the classic cosmopolitan and variations on like margaritas and stuff like that. So flavours they've had before but with a little delicate twist on them to make them our own and just kind of, you know, bring everything, uh, bring everything flooding back from the years. 
And do you have a favourite at all? Oh, that's, I mean, honestly, yeah. One of the drinks we're going to be trying tonight is, uh, it's, the, it's, uh, we, it's just our version of a gimlet, but it was, the gimlet comes in kind of two different variations. You've got the classic British style gimlet, which is gin with roses, lime cordial. Um, so it's kind of a bit of sticky sweetness going on there, versus what is like what is kind of known as the American version of the gimlet, which is more along the lines of like a gin daiquiri, where they use like fresh lime juice and sugar. So I was looking to get the kind of the flavours from both of these with a lot of infusion, and then we pour it through um, Greek yogurt. So it's almost like a like a Greek milk punch. So it clarifies it, but gives it that creaminess without any of the milk solids in there as well. So it's like viscous. It's got that crunchy acidity to it, and this beautiful mouthfeel. So that all sounds a little bit complicated. So if anyone is wanting to do cocktails at home before Christmas, what could you recommend? Oh, there's so many different things you could do. One of my original bar mentors kind of uh, had a little uh, a little phrase that he would say. It was like kiss. It was like keep it simple, stupid. Like don't don't overcomplicate things for yourself. Looking for kind of Christmas style cocktails. One of my personal favorites, and people are going to roll their eyes and be like, oh, what is that? It's got it's a style of drink called a flip. Um, and that's where you basically get your flavors together and you crack an entire egg into it. So it's almost like, um, like making a quick fire eggnog. Yeah, there's lots of different um, variations on that you can make. Rum tends to work perfectly. You can get like, add a bit of banana liqueur in there. So you got like a rum and banana, it almost tastes like a milkshake. And then, you know, you could be a little aggressive with it and go like a dash of absinthe or maybe even a scrape of nutmeg over the top and get those really, those wintry flavors across. For anyone visiting Hawksmoor in December, what can they expect? Aside from probably some of the best steak in the country, um, we're looking at, we will have um, a Christmas menu coming in, which is like a little rotation of five cocktails, including that kind of style where I was talking, where it's the flip with the whole egg in there. And you can really just expect a really kind of vibrant atmosphere uh, with lots of uh, hospitality and just in general, just a great time, I'd say. And I was glad to find out earlier that you're still doing my favourite cocktail, which is the brown butter old fashioned. Oh yeah, the full of fat old fashioned. <laughs> you can't beat it. Another, another uh, old school technique, just fat washing a drink. So we burn off the butter to make like a burn azette, so brown butter, and then we just pour that into the, 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 the bourbon whiskey we use. Set that for 24 hours and then strain it out. So once again, we're working on that mouthfeel, that viscosity, and just adding a little bit of flavour on there that wasn't there before. Now you've said that, I'm going to try doing that at home. <laughs> That'll be my Christmas drink. <laughs> I, can, I can give you the step-by-step -step process, you just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Oh, good, thank you. I'm here with Selena Cairns at Errington Cheese. Christmas is around the corner. Cheese equals Christmas. Christmas equals cheese, I think, in a lot of people's heads. Selena, tell us, if someone's planning their Christmas dinner cheese board, what are we looking at? I think the main thing is to get a good um, sort of variety of a hard cheese, a blue cheese and a soft cheese. So um, if you're coming to buy, f buy cheese, local cheese from, from me, you can buy the Coraline, which is a sheep's milk cheese, um, which is made like a cheddar. And so it's got a sweet, nutty taste. So that would be your cheddar <laughs> variety. And then you could have the blue cheese. We've got Lanark blue, which is a sheep's blue and bigger blue, which is a goat's blue. Um, and then a soft cheese, we've got Elric Log, which is an ashed lactic goat's cheese, and Black Mount, which is a sort of pyramid shape. So, so that can make up a nice cheese board. <laughs> Anything pyramid sounds like it, it would look pretty as well. What would you pair that with in terms of, you know, fruits or nuts or wine? What's your ideal kind of accompaniment for your cheeses? Well, you can, it depends what you're 
your, your taste buds are. I suppose I, I, chutney's always good. Like um, Jean Miller makes good chutney um, in Lanarkshire as well. And then you could have port or whiskey go well. And even gin goes, goes well. Some local gin is quite nice just to do things a wee bit differently. Okay, wonderful. Happy Christmas. You too. <laughs> I'm joined by Katerina Campbell. We are in the Wellington Church in Glasgow. Katerina, could you tell us a little bit what's going on here tonight? So tonight we're hosting an event for Ukrainians and Glaswegians. It's a St. Nicholas Day concert. Uh, now in Ukraine, St. Nicholas is actually the one that brings gifts to kids. He's the, let's say, prototype to Santa, which is St. Nick. Um, so on the 19th of December, good and well-behaved girls and boys get a gift under their pillows or in their shoes. This tradition has been somewhat lost in Ukraine um, during the Soviet times because St. Nicholas is a religious figure. So this, uh, the Soviet regime tried to get rid of St. Nicholas and introduced a figure called uh, Grandfather Frost to move people away from religion. But many people have kept this tradition and are trying to revive it. So today, uh, prior to the concert, uh, we're giving out little gifts to kids um, and St. Nicholas is greeting them, asking them if they've been naughty or nice, you know, the whole shebang. And after that, there's a concert with a choir which is singing Carol of the Bells, which is actually a Ukrainian song written by a famous composer called Leontovich and it was popularized once a Ukrainian choir was touring in uh, America and actually performed the Carol of the Bells in Ukrainian in Carnegie Hall and since then it's kicked off and it's become a major Christmas song in America and in Europe so that song is being performed tonight. We also have um, a lovely Ukrainian lady, uh, Bozhana, who is uh, performing on a traditional Ukrainian instrument called the bandura. And we have our vertep, which is the closest thing you can compare it to is probably a nativity play. How has it been over the last week while welcoming so many Ukrainian people to Glasgow? It's been, I would say, slightly challenging. Our association, um, our our branch, Glasgow branch, has been around since 2014. Um, we're part of the Association of Ukrainians in Great Britain. Uh, that's been around since 1946. It was actually Ukrainians who came um, to the UK and to Scotland after World War II and established this association. Now, we're a young branch, and prior to the war in Ukraine, there weren't that many Ukrainians in Glasgow. And so we went, uh, you know, from gathering maybe 50 people to having nearly 4,000 Ukrainians living in Greater Glasgow. So it's been a slight challenge because we want to 
you know, involve as many people as possible, but it's not always possible to do so. But we try to hold as many events, especially for kids, because this has been a very difficult period for them. We hold concerts. We recently opened a Ukrainian cultural center in Clarkston, which welcomes Ukrainians on Thursdays and Saturdays, where people can just get together for coffee. Kids can come and play. We're also planning to introduce music lessons and language lessons and so that's hopefully that will be a safe space for them. So is there any way that the general public can get involved and help you with your work? We are, uh, are currently actually collecting money to buy Ukrainian books. We've started a mini library project a couple months ago. Um, so there's four locations for that. And this, all of this information can be found on our Facebook page. So the link to that is on our page on Community of Ukrainians in Glasgow. If anyone wants to help out, you can just get in touch with us through our Facebook page. We're always happy and always grateful when people reach out to help. So you've lived in Scotland for about seven years um, and we're just wondering, what's your Christmas like? So I am married to a Glaswegian. We've been living here for a while and I actually, I'm Ukrainian myself and then I am um, Christian Orthodox. So we actually celebrate Christmas on the 7th of January. So I'm a lucky person, I get two Christmases. Um, they're slightly different because the Christmas that we celebrate here, it's more about Santa and having a big feast. The Ukrainian Christmas on we normally do Christmas Eve on the 6th. We have a big dinner there. And usually people, prior to Christmas Day, people are fasting, so it's Lent. So most of the meals that are cooked for Christmas are either vegetarian or fish is allowed, but no meat uh, products. Um, and we have to have 12 dishes. And Christmas is more of a religious um, holiday. So we're looking forward to celebrating two Christmases. It's always fun for my daughter to have the two holidays. Well, thank you very much and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas too and Happy Holidays and Happy New Year. As you heard, Katerina mentioned Carol of the Bells, a very popular Christmas song we've all come to know. Sung on Scran today by the Eastwood Choir, conducted by Oksana Mavrodi, who performed at the Christmas concert. Next, I spoke to Andre, who told me all about his family traditions back in Ukraine and how he is keeping these traditions alive, in fact growing them in their new Glasgow community. People in Ukraine, they follow two calendars. Some follow the, the new calendar, some the Orthodox calendar. So the celebration of Christmas will take place on the 24th. The Christmas Eve will be on the 24th of December or on the 6th of 
January. So before the, the Christmas itself, people are fasting, so they don't, con don't consume meat, or they can decide to sacrifice in a different way. Uh, the Christmas Eve, it should be prepared, and normally the whole family is somehow engaged in that preparation. Someone is cleaning the house, someone is preparing some food, helping their mothers or father on the kitchen, so this is quite quite fun. And the evening, the Christmas Eve, the food that we, ha we have uh, at that time, it also doesn't have any meat, any uh, eggs and, 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 and stuff like that. So we will just uh, have obviously the main dish, which is called kutya. Kutya is a boiled porridge and you have some other ingredients like uh, poppy seeds, honey. And I think that every family has its own way of preparing kutya, obviously. So it's, it's pretty different from region to region and then from house to house. For instance, my mom, uh, she decided to add some uh, more, more nuts and raisins to make it sweeter, you know. She started doing that like maybe 10 years ago and now she follows this tradition and we love it. So because it's really sweet and we can, we can have it for several days after the Christmas uh, Eve. So that when it's, we normally would have kutya, which is the main dish. And we'll have, in addition to, to, to that, like 11 other dishes. Overall, in, in, in total, it's 12 dishes, which is a symbol of 20, uh, 12 disciples of Christ, right? And the Christmas Eve is, um, uh, it, it's, it has some elements of pagan uh, religion and, and Christianity, so it's kind of, kind of a mix, right? And it is very connected with the, our ancestors. It, mean, it means that we, when, when we start the, 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 the dinner, uh, we, we pray for, for those who are here and who are not with us. And you would always have a separate set of plates for, for your grandparents, people who deceased or, or, already. You also have a separate uh, bread, like three uh, breads that are on the table, again, as a symbol of those who, who were with, with us previously. And we always try to like recall all of them. Also, in our family, we have a tradition when you have a table, you have four corners on a table, and you need to put a garlic on each corner of the table because garlic is something that protects you from the bad spirits, you know, <laughs> evil spirits, so you do that. Uh, the family will start uh, having Christmas meal only when you see the first star, so you won't start eating with before that. Uh, in my family, we always go from the city where, where I used to live to the village, uh, like 40 kilometers from that. And we will have kutya. Uh, the, my father would normally take the bread. He will make a, a sign of a cross uh, uh, with, in the plate with, with kutya. And then everyone will try kutya and then they can follow with other dishes. Normally you would have a borscht as a um, red, um, it's a soup, yeah, it's a beetroot soup, yeah, uh, beetroot soup. Uh, we'll have varenike, we will have, beetroot could be uh, with the, uh, borscht could be with vushka, it's a boiled dumpling full with chopped mushrooms and onions, for instance, right? Really variety of fish, it could be baked, broiled, fried, cold, uh, in aspect, fish balls, like fish is, is a good choice. And then uh, we'll have varenike, Again, it depends on every family. And also we prepare some pampushki or pampuch. It's one for pampuch. It's very similar to donut, but without, you know, uh, the hole in, inside. You would cover it with sugar. And uh, people, some, in, in, in Ukraine, people will compete how many pampuchs 
this pampushke have you eaten during the Christmas period? And you would normally go from house to house, you know, to try kutya and those pampushke. And we all frequently joke about that, that, okay, this period is over, now we need to go to the gym. <laughs> so you will see today, Vertep today that will perform for you. It's a nativity scene. It, this is prepared for uh, with, the, with the kids. So they will go from house to house and they will sing, perform, and um, for for that they will receive some tips, money, or or this pampux sweets and and so on. Then you can we can continue on the next day when adults join. When people go to work, they would invite each other to their offices and from time to time. You can see people in metro doing that. So it's quite fun. Everyone loves this tradition. And for instance, we created a vertep here in, uh, in Glasgow now uh, on a ship. Uh, we created, uh, my wife is the director of this uh, vertep, this nativity scene by kids and by adults as well. And we have people from different regions, from Odessa, from Kharkiv, Cherkasy, from different regions from Ukraine. For some of them, this tradition was like new. They've heard, they know, they, they need, but they never performed on their own. And now they are part of, of that tradition here. So there's a lot of tradition there. So could you tell us a little bit about how you're going to celebrate in Glasgow and whereabouts you're from in Ukraine? Yeah, so uh, we are here for two, month, two, two and a half months already. We will celebrate here. We'll celebrate on the 24th, and then perhaps we'll celebrate again on the 6th and in a, in a different form. So we, we live on a ship at the moment. We don't have access to the kitchen, but we discussed with the management. They will prepare kind of um, local dishes, local Ukrainian dishes for us. I don't know how it will look like, but I plan, for instance, for my family just turn around the table and pray, just remember our ancestors as people who are there, because part of the family who are st still there. So we'll definitely have a call with uh, with our, you know, my parents, my brother, our, our relatives, and I think that I will not be alone in that situation. So they will prepare some some food for us and we'll in that way we'll try to follow the the traditions i think we'll just have a lot of moments where we'll sing uh, carols but we also the the thing that i mentioned to you the vertep we will uh, have another concert another uh, performance of vertep so that people could see us join us the kids will perform the adults and this will be the way how we will you know keep this this tradition even here in glasgow really nice that you're spreading your Western Ukrainian traditions with other Ukrainians. When I say that this tradition is from, from the Western Ukraine, it, it means that it is well preserved there. It is also very strong in the central Ukraine. But since we had it, not even the decays, but hundreds of years of versification in the eastern part, eastern and southern part, uh, uh, not all the traditions are as close to, 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 to people from that region. But as I mentioned, for instance, uh, as I mentioned, in our vertep, in our this kind of Christmas yeta, we have people from Chernihiv, which is in the north. We have people from Odessa on the south. We have people from Kharkiv on the east. We have people from Cherkasy. So really, we have one person from Iran actually performing with us. Her husband is in Chernihiv now fighting. So it is quite in like cross-regional and, and international and 
first they were like the people who didn't who are trying that for the first time they were like hesitating should I do that or not but once you start performing that uh, now they are asking when we shall perform the next time it's incredible so this is magic and we are really pleased to see uh, to see that yeah and one thing that I wanted to mention that I mentioned about this notions of two Christmas on the 24th and the uh, 7th for many years there have been a trend of uniting with the whole world with the western world and getting rid of the old tradition for instance my family we celebrate two christmases <laughs> on, already for 10 or, or 12 years so we would have a christmas uh, eve on the 24th and then with my parents on the 6th and we hope that we will one day we will join the whole world and celebrate all together and i think that this war is kind of facilitating this because people don't want to have anything in common with with Russia at the moment and there is a trend even on the higher level in the church they are discussing that okay we cannot do that immediately now on, in, in December because the church calendar starts in September so maybe we should wait I really hope that uh, in 2023 we will celebrate already all together fingers crossed good boy St. Nicholas has just joined us to say Merry Christmas <laughs> Yeah, and I know him personally. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for uh, your time and your interest. Really appreciate that. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Счастливого Гриздва. I'm here with Tom at the East Newt Garden and with Christmas just round the corner, Tom, what are your tips for cooking Christmas veg? I'd say it's quite easy sometimes to just like, like maybe overcook your veg and like, you know, whack things in a, a pot of boiling water and things and stuff like that. But like, I like to usually cook, like roast as much as I can, like even the sprouts and stuff. Like if they get them in all of like the fats and stuff that you're cooking, whatever you're having is Christmas lunch. But other than that, sort of, I also just keep it simple, I suppose. Just try and use the best ingredients you can and like let them do their you know do the thing really oh and with parsnips i always find like parsnips can be a bit hit and miss but the thing we really like doing is like if, if you when you've sliced them up if you just dust them in a bit of um flour maybe with some honey and salt in that they get really crispy it's not quite it's not quite a batter but they get this sort of crispy hunt sweet um coating on them that's a really nice thing goes really well with the gravy nice sounds good yeah. thank you very much <laughs> have a good christmas <laughs> I'm here with Peter Crawford at Notting House Farm in Fife. So as Christmas is just around the corner, what advice would you give anyone looking to buy champagne to have with their Christmas dinner? What would be your top picks? I feel it's always important to enter the frame with a glass of champagne before you hit dinner, uh, number one. So we've we've got some amazing champagnes at SIP and I think a, a great entry-level champagne is Paul Clouet Selection. It's absolutely perfect for an aperitif or just to enjoy with your friends and family and to celebrate Christmas. And it's a blend of all three great varieties, so Pinot Noir, Chardonnay and Meunier. Uh, and it has a kind of freshness and fruitiness that's really engaging and really easy. In terms of food, it really depends on what you want to have. So one of the, the beauties of Champagne is just how well it can, can match up with foods. 
the the obvious choices I feel um, for for something like Turkey is to have a, a wine that's had a little bit of oak contact and has a, a natural richness. So Domaine Vancy produced a vintage wine called OJ17, and it's oak vinified, um, and it, they block malolactic fermentation, so it keeps a lovely freshness and zingy um, acidity. And as such, I think it'd be absolutely perfect for, you know, for, the, for the turkey. If you're going a different route, if you're going red meat, if you want to go for beef or something like that, or maybe duck or, or, or something like that, it's got a little bit more richness. I think you need to move to something like a Pinot Noir. And I think uh, Didier Herbert's DH, or Thomas Herbert's what is the wine called DH2 Pinot Noir, is an absolute perfect one for that. It has a lovely richness of fruit, really, really rich and engaging mid to late palate. So you feel that, that, that weight of fruit on the mid to late palate, and that will, that will match, even match up with something like beef, but absolutely wonderful with, with kind of darker bird meat like, like duck. So what would you pair with a cheese board? Now, I, I really love those kind of hard, like rich cheeses. And so again, I probably go Pinot Noir and I probably go with Georges George Remy Blanc de Noir, uh, which has that incredible richness, but it has that little bit of oxidation. So you feel the richness pairing beautifully with those, those kind of aged hard cheeses. Uh, what ciders would you recommend at Christmas if anyone wants to go down that route? Well, I have to recommend my own, obviously. <laughs> so, as an aperitif, but even for for some of the kind of the front end of your of your dinner, I really would recommend my traditional method, 2019. It's beautifully fresh, but it has a little bit of complexity and richness in the palate, so you, it would match nicely with uh, with a bit of food if you wanted to do so. In terms of with the food, my homage to Hop, which is a, a single variety Kingston Black from 2021 vintage Oak Vinify for 10 months. It has that wonderful balance of the little bit of oak contact with this kind of creamy fruit coming through. If you can imagine a, a, a mix between a, an oak vinified Chardonnay and an oak vinified Sauvignon Blanc, it has that little zingy freshness on the finish as well. It would pair beautifully with some hard cheeses as well. Thank you very much and have a good Christmas. You too, thank you. I'm now joined by Rachel Rowley of Ballantagger and the Grand Tully Hotel. Hi Rachel, how are you? Hi Ros, you're very well, thanks. So can you just tell us, for anyone that doesn't already know, um, a little bit about Ballantagger? Of course I can. It's one of my favourite subjects. Ballantagger is a foodie destination in Highland Perthshire. For those who don't know, it comprises of an exclusive use venue at Ballantagger Farm, very much the heart of the business. We've got the Grantley Hotel, which is a more typical hotel set up with eight bedrooms. There's the Feasts, which is an atypical um, catering business. We have the Cook School, where we teach people to cook. And we also, the newest addition to the gang is the Shop by Ballantagger which is very busy gearing up for Christmas. Nice. So can you tell us a bit about Christmas? I know people are going to be looking to book things and, you know, obviously interested in all the food and drink involved. So what is your offering this Christmas? Absolutely. So we believe firmly in eat, drink and be merry here at Ballon Target. We've got a range of things, hopefully something for everyone, from Christmas shopping events, feast nights at Ballon Target Farm, which are our long table suppers, mince pie masterclasses in the cook school and also um, hampers and hampers and hampers in our lovely shop. So we've got a physical shop in Aberfeldy for those who are able to make it to Perthshire and we've also got an online shop. So yeah, we're just really excited. We've had a tumultuous few years. Um, I think that's the best way to put it. And we're ready now to kind of finally celebrate Christmas. While there is definitely a mindfulness of the cost of living crisis, we believe that people this year are still going to want the indulgence of Christmas. In fact, in some ways, even more so. So we've got some delicious treats in store, everything from beautiful gingerbread 
to Venison Wellington's, one of our best sellers, which was actually an act of defiance of COVID. When we could no longer welcome people to our restaurants, we were able to post Venison Wellington's throughout the UK. And it's something that has just really taken off and people love to have a taste of Persia in their homes. I've just recently been up and done your Christmas pudding masterclass and I can confirm it is very Christmassy. Yes. So we stepped into Christmas early this year with some of our mini masterclasses. The Christmas puddings was based on the kind of tradition of Stir Up Sunday. For those who missed Stir Up Sunday in November, you are very welcome to buy a ready-made. Here's one I made earlier, Christmas pudding, also available in our shop. So you've mentioned your hampers. Um, For people that want to kind of either treat themselves or someone else, what is available in the hampers? So we've got a couple of options. We've tried to keep it relatively simple. Of course, you're welcome to make up your own hamper to your your choice or you can choose one of three options that we have so we've got a winter morning hamper which is all around how you'd like to spend a winter morning so it's predominantly breakfast based it's got our best-selling granola in it it also has muesli jams and preserves beautiful coffee from our neighbors and friends glen lion coffee bones hot chocolate so it's a really delicious way to start the day or have a leisurely kind of brunchy affair which is what i hope lots of people will do of christmas there's also a midnight feast hamper which is aimed at exactly that, an evening affair, hopefully in front of the fire or under the Christmas tree. That includes um, beautiful Great Glen venison salami, our best-selling and favourite Perella olives, which although they're not Scottish because we don't grow olives in Scotland, are definitely firm favourites. It's got Torres crisps, which are the most Morris crisps you'll ever taste. And it's finished off with classic Negroni, which is again one of our best-selling cocktails. Um, So that's a nice uh, option. And then finally, if you want to go all out for full indulgence, we've got our It's a Wonderful Life hamper, which includes a whole host of treats, um, most notably our Ballantaggart Forage Gin, which is made locally and has all of the botanicals foraged from within under a mile of the farm. So it's a really special thing. We worked on that last year and we're delighted to have it back this year. And also our Ballantaggart signature candle. So we believe that although we're predominantly food focused, that any experience at Ballantaggart is a sensory affair. So having something, not just the food that smells delicious, has been really important to us. And we've got a beautiful candle that we developed with Laura Thomas down in East Lothian, which we believe is kind of a scent that captures Ballantaggart. So that's included in the It's a Wonderful Life hamper. And then there's lots of other treats. So our favourite oils, the olives, the locally made tablet. Um, and I can't remember all of the other things, but it's absolutely packed with delicious things. Nice. Sounds, sounds good. It's making me hungry. So how, when it comes to the hampers, how have you decided on who to choose? Is it just, you know, the, your suppliers or local area? Like how, how, what kind of process do you go through? So all of our food, Ballantag's ethos very much is for outstanding Scottish ingredients wherever possible. So there are a couple of exceptions to that. Um, so we're not completely evangelical. We do still love olives and we do still use limes and lemons and oranges in our garnishes. But generally speaking, we try to source as locally, sustainably and most deliciously as possible. We've got a huge supplier list um, and we've narrowed that down for the hampers to some of our firm favourites. So that's based on guest experience, guest feedback, best sellers, products that we know and love ourselves and also um perhaps most interestingly, on genuine stories. So we've really, over the last six years since we started Barntaggart, we've built up some excellent friendships and relationships with suppliers. So really getting to know people. Obviously, we started as a very small business and have grown and gone through COVID. So we've really had to kind of make sure that those relationships are solid. And we've all kind of got through that tumultuous time together. And that's made for 
a really special bond for lots of us, actually. And so being able to showcase other small suppliers in our hampers has been an excellent way to kind of extend their reach and also to bring a new audience to us. So lots of people who love, for example, Great Glen Charcuterie is a fabulous example, um, then have kind of discovered us or vice versa. People have discovered Great Glen Charcuterie through us. And that's just a really lovely serendipity. And how are you spending Christmas this year? Christmas is going to be magic for me this year. I'm with my children and my family, my niece and mum and sister and brother-in-law are visiting. We'll be here in Perthshire, so we're hoping for a delicious feast. I'm very much hoping that my brother-in-law is going to do quite a bit of the cooking. I love to shop for Christmas, but I don't particularly love cooking it. And I definitely love eating it. And then lots of simple pleasures, playing with the children, uh, hopefully some frosty walks, maybe some snow, get out with the dog in the beautiful fresh air and just soak up and enjoy what our guests get to do all of the time. And quite often as a business owner, you don't get to enjoy it quite as much as your guests when you're living and working here. Nice. Um, And do you have any plans for the new year in terms of what's happening? Any sort of updates you can tell us about? Yes. So we are open um, between Christmas and New Year at the Grantley Hotel and very much for Hogmanay. As far as I know, we don't have any space to stay with us, but we definitely welcome people, non-resident guests to come and dine with us. We keep New Year very simple, unlike the kind of Hogmanay affairs that you see, the big festival. We've got a very low key uh, focus and that's because we find that some people just want to escape all of that. They've had a busy Christmas, they've maybe had a lot of family time. Often people come as couples or small groups and they come for what we're known for, which is our excellent food and our brilliant drinks and all in the cosy environment of the hotel. So while it's low key, it's definitely celebratory. Um, there are some special touches to the menus, but it's not over the top. And that also means we don't put a ridiculous price tag on it. So it's accessible and chance just for people to kind of slow down and embrace what we think is magical about Perthshire, just chance to literally breathe in the fresh air and indulge in a cosy corner. And then we take a break in January. We are closed for two weeks in January um, just to allow the team and all of us to recover. Um, and then back to normal business as spring begins to emerge and the nights begin to get a little bit lighter. Which would be great because it's so dark. <laughs> yeah, we're almost there. It's almost the shortest day. Oh, thank you very much and have a lovely Christmas, Rachel. And same to you. We hope to see you in the new year, but have a very delicious time. Thank you. Thanks to all my guests on this episode of Scran and thanks to you for listening. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Scran. And I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Look forward to you listening again in 2023.